Today I'm going to talk a little bit about how to build your altar, how to use your altar tools, and how to work with the elements and how to understand the elements a lot better for, you know, for ritualistic practice. And if you actually do want to work with either magic or galder, like you'll know how to work the elements and, and how the different, the different aspects of the elements will affect, you know, what you work with. So all tools on my altar have a connection to me, right? The connection is made stronger the more energy you put into the space. Putting the time and energy into the altar and the tools makes the connection way stronger. So I've built my altar table, I've built my candle holders, and I've built my ceremonial hammer. I may be able to get a picture of my altar up on this one as the, uh, as the uh, backdrop. Let me figure out how to do that. The connection I have to these tools is unparalleled and unchangeable, okay? I've put blood, sweat, and tears into some of them. I've entirely blacked out during ceremonies because it was, so, it was such a strong feeling that I was so tied into, you know, the work that I was doing. And I know some of the guys that were with me out in Hawaii who actually saw some of the ceremonies that I did, they could see it. You know, so when building any tools, the first thing that needs to happen is meditation. Learn what you want and what the application of it would be, right? So for my hammer, I set up my hammer to be a ceremonial piece, but it's also very usable, right? Everybody, you know, everybody in, you know, that works with the gods knows that you call the gods to you, right? And a lot of times that'll be a hammer on the table, a fist on the table, or announcing your presence when you're in the woods. And that, that's a very strong thing that says, hey, you know, when it was explained to me, it was, hey, I'm here and, you know, I'm standing strong before the gods, right? It's kind of how I envision it in my head. So... Um, the gods will direct you to different things that you'll need to implement in whatever you build. So keep in mind your skill level while planning. Um, I wasn't very skilled when I started making a lot of things and a lot of the tools that I built helped me, you know, figure out how to work better with, you know, my woodworking and how to work better with my, um, with the skills that I had realistically. So I'm not, I wasn't very skilled when I started and I just started doing bigger things and I just started learning as I went. I started with my candle holders, which was, you know, is a drill and it was a saw, right? So it wasn't anything crazy and I learned a little bit about, you know, how to, how to measure things and how to kind of, how to kind of use my tools as a very basic, you know, Standing, very basic ground. Um, after that, I, you know, I built up a little bit more. I built my hammer, and then I felt confident, so I built my table. And before I started working, every time I invoked whatever god I was working with to guide my hand and guide my mind, so that I know their intent is also being put into the tools. Right, the build up imprints a lot of energy on, you know, on the tools that normal grounding just can't compare to, 
when you you know when you put hours into making something it's going to be more powerful than putting you know 30 minutes or an hour into you know sinking your energy into it so the better the connection you have to your tools the more pride you have behind it okay my altar is one thing that i do have a lot of pride in okay and i do i do connect to it very strongly so i am very proud of the work that i've done to it <clears throat> and the more you feel connected to your work you know the the more you're going to put into the tools that you bring to it that being said, I put as much care and thought into my tools as I would any other area of my practice. Whether it's whittling a bowl or taking weeks to chisel out the perfect Aegishalmer on my shield and the amount of time on each piece and the attention to detail, I know every attribute to all my tools. I know their weaknesses, I know their strengths, I know what I use them for, I know what I can't use it for. So it, it makes it that much easier when I'm you know, setting up ritual with my, with my tools that I've built with my two hands. Um, this isn't one of the more lengthy things. It's still kind of basic, which is why I'm linking it in with the elements. I felt like it was a pretty smooth transition. Um, if you need any more help, you know, it's, it's really easy to get a hold of me and a lot of the people around you can help you, can help you get set up. Building an altar is one of the first things any heathen should, you know, should really focus on. And it can be absolutely anything, you know. An altar can be an Odin statue in the middle of the woods that, in an area that you just connect with, okay. It can be, you know, it can be a horn that sits in your entryway to your house that just says, you know, the gods are welcome here. I have altars everywhere in my house. You know, my wife has an altar. I have an altar. I have an ancestral altar. I have an altar in my kitchen that helps me when I'm cooking. So it doesn't have to be anything super intricate. It just has to be something that you have a connection to. Um, and another thing, I talked about bloodletting you know, yesterday, but bloodletting your altar, you know, that does give you a little bit more of a connection to the things that you're working with, all right? But like I said yesterday, it's not something everybody should do, and it's not a mandatory, you know, before you're a heathen, you have to bloodlet your altar. Nobody's going to know but you, all right? And you're going to feel it. But... Moving on into, you know, actual working, it, I, I wanted to talk about the elements because a lot of people like to incorpor incorporate elemental stuff into their altar, right? Whether that's a bird's feather, you know, sage, stones, if it's, you know, I have a lot of wood in my altar, uh, which represents earth, you know, if you have, you know, salt or whatever, you know, everybody likes to incorporate the elements into everything that they do, and I feel like you kind of have to understand the elements and actually sink yourself into it to really understand it. So when doing any work with spirits or magic or galder, um, you'll be interacting with you know elements that the elements of the earth, right? So when you interact with elements, having a knowledge of how they interact and how they work in themselves is really crucial. Um, you'll have times where, you know, what you put out doesn't work. It happens to everybody. 
Um, it just means you need to work on your focus and work on your intent behind what you're doing. Um, I've been focusing on when my working started getting more direct and when I could focus the raw intention of elements with precision, right? That is what I'm talking about, um, is how to understand the elements. But I won't give you the answers, you know, because you have to find them yourself. That's the name of the game. You know, you're never going to understand something that I tell you half as much as you're going to understand something that's come up and punched you in the face. Okay. Um, you kind of got to take your licks with this one. Be ready for it. Have fun with it. Um, I believe that you only respect what you have to work for. And I will make you question how bad you want it. Uh, especially on this topic because you have to. Um, this will make you face your fears, your insecurities, and you'll stare out the side of a cliff until you feel comfortable with it. And you'll understand the raw power of the earth when you do. You know, I talk about all natural elements and how I have or plan to know them fuller and how this has affected my accuracy in working with these elements. So with water, um, when I first started working, I didn't realize the power of water. I used to visualize a stream or a calm river or, you know, think of the grace and elegance of water, right? I never thought of this element in practice as I did in reality. I somehow separated two aspects into separate forces. This made it difficult for me to see the force of water when I was working with water elements. I didn't know all of its facets or uses and I would discredit aspects of it in its nature until I felt the full force of water when I was in Hawaii. With waves crashing, you know, being stuck in a rip current, I never felt the absolute power of water and had to offer in my work. When I first started surfing, which is a very short-lived adventure, I have a lot of those, um, I didn't know what to expect when I fell off my board. And the first couple of times, the waves were small, so I got a false sense of confidence. When, you know, when the waves get up to three feet and five feet, you know, the taller they are, there's power there. You know, it was different. The waves would grab your board and drag you underwater. You know, I was underwater for two and three minutes at a time, being thrown around like I was weightless. One time I fell and the waves came in so close together, I thought I was going to die. I just looked up and watched the waves crashing above my head and, you know, I, I thought to myself that this would be a horrible curse to feel like the weight of the ocean was constantly on top of you. And it wasn't anything crazy. It was three to five foot waves. You know, this thought changed how I thought of elements in my practice. It forced me to personify the elements, to see the true power and want to master it in my own way through each element. You know, these trials would make me truly powerful or kill me in the process, but I've always been an adrenaline junkie, as I talk about all the time, so I love those odds. You know, I'd find ways to test how well I could master water. I jumped into rip currents on the North Shore Hawaiian winter, which they, they will wreck you, you know. I would find places that most people were terrified to be near, and I thrived there. Every time I found some way to cheat, to cheat death, I was that much closer to truly mastering the elements and knowing its full power. 
knowing how this element works and how much energy and strength it took to get out of the situations I was in, you know, put the amount of energy that could be focused into precisely the places I wanted. It was a situation I was in myself and I knew what it took to get there. I knew precisely the effort needed to make these castings work, no matter how tranquil or how erratic the casting is with the element, I would know the implications of what I was working with. And that was the first time that I really questioned how the elements worked in real life and in the spiritual world, and I really linked them together so I could understand how to use them more effectively, whether it is a calm stream that I'm wanting to, to use, or whether you know it's 40-foot waves that I've never experienced myself, but it helps me understand that magnitude better knowing that I was overpowered by a five, you know, eight-foot wave. So it was, it was really humbling knowing the true force of what was held there. And then next was Earth. This is probably one of my favorites, not necessarily because of its power, but because of how powerless it makes you feel. Um, you know, it's unmovable and it's harder to break down a ritual when you're working with Earth. To get a firm grasp, you don't just think of a mountain, you climb the mountain, you feel the energy. It, it take, you feel the energy it takes to overcome the obstacle that is the Earth. Realize the force exerted to overcome and amplify your ritual, right? Knowing the magnitude of the force you're calling on for a physical manifestation of the energy needed to complete a working will guarantee you know what you're dealing with. When I first, you know, when I first got to Hawaii, I hiked a, a trail called Three Peaks. You know, this really tested a lot of aspects that I thought I was really confident in. First was the feeling of being overwhelmed. You know, looking up a thousand feet at the first mountain I was climbing, you know, after this I was physically pushing myself to the top and understanding what it's like looking down 500 and 800 feet if I fell in any direction. You know, a feeling that'll make anyone feel vulnerable and humbled. Surprisingly, throughout, after the first realization that any misstep, you know, could be my last, I realized I was comfortable moving through most all the obstacles involved in climbing these mountains. Getting to the top of the first mountain and being able to see down was terrifying. But then I stood up and I was on top of the world. I could see everything. You know, I had a clarity that I've never had before, and I understood a lot more of what it truly means to have a giant obstacle in your way and, you know, feel daunted and have to push through it. So, getting to the top of the first mountain was extremely humbling, and then you had to push forward to the second one, you know, and it was, it was almost as bad getting to the second one because it's like I, I finally felt comfortable and then that next step was that much harder. You know, the shady shoestrings that we use to climb, you know, the side of a cliff, 
that ultimately didn't do anything to keep us from falling. They were just kind of there. So, you know, you had a little bit of reassurance, I guess. You know, the climb was difficult at times and, you know, feeling rocks slipping from under your feet and giving away and you barely have any grip. It's, it's indescribable. You know, it's a huge wake-up call. And getting to a point where you aren't phased by those moments will stay with you forever. You know, knowing what was demanded of me to see an immovable object and accept the challenge of moving past it and realizing the energy put into this climb is something no meditation can compare to. No picture, no movie can do justice. And the power that is encompassed in the ground around us is often overlooked when focusing in practice that having an experience to grab onto while exponentially, you know, choosing the element you use in a specific ritual, that feeling can't be transferred if it's never been truly felt. You know, the same way an actor can't portray a character that they've never, you know, they've never seen and they've never enveloped themselves in. I, I don't think you can fully understand what that element has to offer. And I think Earth is an element that is truly underestimated when people use it in a ritual. And I think that's why a lot of your ritual fails with it, is because you haven't put the true, the true power into it. But fire is by far the least understood as far as you know even science goes it is wild and crazy and unpredictable and no one has been able to harness it yet you know it's definitely the hardest element to fully understand and is the only one that's entirely unpredictable Seeing the overall effects of fire is total destruction of everything it touches. This attribute makes it near impossible to control. It's an element I can't currently fully grasp in myself because it's one I haven't fully felt. Um, with that being said, you know, I, you know, I have been lit on fire and I've watched fires burn and it intrigues me because I, it looks so peaceful in motion and it draws everyone's attention, but it still gives that warning to not get too close, right? Um, I've planned on doing a fire walk at some point in my life and I haven't set a specific time to it because I haven't been able to you know, make a very tentative plan over you know the last year or so but um, when I do I'll write another post about it and about the experience and you know my failures along the way I may even do a video diary of you know my progress um, you know I know there's gonna be many attempts and I'm fully aware that it's going to suck but I've never been one to shy away from failure um, I I not only accept failure, I embrace it because there's a thousand ways to do something wrong and if you do it a thousand and one times, you're going to do it right eventually. Um, I feel it strengthens you mentally 
and it strengthens you physically and the experience along the way will teach you more than anything else will than any book you read anything you watch whatever and that's why i try to push you to find these answers for yourself and all i'm telling you today is how i found them in myself knowing this i'll use fire in any work i want to spread into every aspect of a person or a king midas effect of destroying everything they touch i don't pretend i know what the overall effect of the ritual will be but in these situations i don't want to know right i want entire destruction or i want it to spread into every aspect of their life i've had these practices backfire on me and sometimes my family since the effect is fairly common i don't use fire very often i'll master this element as well in time to fully employ it into my little book of secrets the quickness that comes with fire and the vast destruction make it one of you know my favorite elements which i believe is why i stay away from it when i know i should um honestly fire is an element that scares me because it's so unpredictable within itself that using it you have to be ready for that and i think that's why i'm so drawn to it it's not my favorite but it's one of my favorite but air is the next one i'm going to talk about the biggest obstacles are the ones we can't see but ultimately feel air is an element that can move mountains through persistence it can destroy towns in a few seconds and growing up in oklahoma in the middle of tornado alley seeing tornadoes will make you respect them feeling the wind while playing in the rain is one of my earliest memories while i waited for a tornado my mom was a storm chaser for a little while i've never had a fear of the power they have and i don't think i'll develop that anytime soon um understanding it's the weirdest feeling i've ever had i wanted to feel the rush of falling and i wanted to know the feeling of fighting nature in its own realm um and skydiving is the closest i ever got to truly doing that i took the challenge and that was when my eyes were opened feeling the air rush around you and learning to control your descent let me feel something new it was the illusion of control the feeling that i was in control until i looked down and realized that the ground was getting closer the sheer force that destroys the strongest building could be used and manipulated to guide me to my target on the ground working in tandem with the air means you have assistance with what you're truly doing working against it means you will never find progress in any task you lay your hand on knowing these two aspects can help in all your rituals knowing the power of both sides that gives you an edge to find a scenario or entirely reshape it over time the effects though 
they aren't quick by any means. Sometimes you don't want that. Sometimes you want to move a mountain one foot a day. But it will be long lasting and it will be formed without the person knowing anything happened at all, merely guiding the thoughts that possess them to a goal they never knew they had. You know, the elements will truly lead to the most important factor, the one everyone is aiming for, the spiritual factor. Once you're calm when being engulfed by the ocean, you know, overcoming a mountain in front of you, walking through fire that lays right at your feet, or standing against the wind that is trying to blow you over, that is trying to keep you from where you want to go, that's when you're forced to face the one thing that keeps everyone from moving forward. It's the fear of failure. Because you will fail more times than you'll succeed, but no one remembers your, fail, your failures. You know, and no one knows that more than Babe Ruth. Look up his story if you haven't already. You know, failure and death are inevitable, so why hide from it? The feeling that I may die makes me fight harder than I ever imagined to stay alive. It made me accomplish things that I never thought I could by encouraging me to find the strength I never knew I had. Focusing in times when your body tells you to panic will improve every aspect of your life, spiritually or physically. This is the most freeing feeling and sometimes the most terrifying feeling you will ever have when you realize exactly how mortal you are and how powerful you never knew you were. Your spiritual energy is one of those things that you will never consciously grow. I know there was a guy who wrote a book about the three aspects of your life you need to master to reach a full spiritual awakening. Awakening. You need to master your artistic side. You need to master your spiritual side, your faith, and you will need to master your, uh, your warrior side. And once you master all three aspects of your life, that's when you have a full grasp of who you are. And until you can do that, you have a very limited grasp of what you're capable of. Because when you don't know where your line in the sand is, you don't know anything about yourself. When you don't know the full limits of what your warrior side is capable of, you don't understand the warrior part of your life. If you don't understand your artistic limitations, 
if you don't understand to be how to be given a job and you know formulate a plan right in front of you while you're working or if you don't know how to see see into the future of what possibilities stand before you you know you don't understand your artistic side of how to see things before they happen how to implement things into reality you don't understand that aspect of yourself and that's something I feel like a lot of people don't focus on and it's a great thing when you have and that's something that I still work towards because I don't feel like I've reached a full enlightenment. I don't think anybody can reach a full enlightenment. But, you know, setting impossible goals is going to get you farther than anybody else has. You know, ask Elon Musk right now. Ask Tesla. You know, setting an impossible goal is at least going to get you about as far as, you know, the next person in line. So that's my little tirade for the day. I hope it's done something for you. I hope it's brought some kind of, you know, goal that you want to set for yourself now. If you like what I have to say, make sure you like and subscribe and pass the word on so you can help me grow this channel and reach more people. All right, thank you for your time. And I hope to see you guys again.